I don't know if you can, oh, there it is. <laughs> there we go. Wow, that was good. Thanks, you guys, for leading us. Uh, Got to jump right in here. Uh, we have, in fact, you know, Tyler did the intro introduction thing to get everybody kind of synced up and laughing a little bit about his being trapped outside with no real connection to the message. That's kind of how I usually start. So we'll let that be that. We're starting a new series. And uh, once you throw that slide up there on the front of your bro- uh, bulletin, you've got the that. So the, uh, the thing is, for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at just a small subset of these things that are practices that help us to know and walk well with God. All right? So we called it training days, transformational practices for ordinary people. Because when we practice these things, they're transformational spiritually and draw us closer to God. We know Him better and we walk more fully with him. And that's what we're going to look at. Just There are a bunch of spiritual practices, things that we could do. We're just going to narrow it down to just a few. And I think there's, I believe that if you're in this room, there is probably no question that you are someone who wants to walk more closely with God, to know him better. You probably wouldn't be spending your morning here if that wasn't you. So knowing that, uh, we, we all want that, But Paul tells us in the scripture multiple times, I'm going to show you one place, that that that's a challenging thing. It is not always easy to walk with God, to know him well, to know him deeply. So look at at, uh, 1 Corinthians 9.24 with me. 1 Corinthians 9.24, we'll put it up there. Paul says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. So do not run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. So this is going to take to, to grow closer to God, to know Him well, walk with Him well, it's going to take discipline and effort. It doesn't just happen. Salvation, knowing God is free, but walking with Him, that's harder. I've, a few times I've been, you know, either driving by the, uh, the field out by the high school or maybe over here by Rainbow Park, and you'll see someone who's training out there Like, the one I like the best is when they're doing, you guys, you CrossFit people know what this is, but when you're hopping, what do you call that? I can't hop right now and show you, but what do you call that when you, like, hop across the field? No one, there's got to be some cool, like, CrossFit word for that. I know there is, and you're keeping it secret. Giant hops. Okay, come on, somebody's saying it. What's it? I don't know. That where they're skipping like that? You just... Yeah, really, just make it, you're just an unusual, like, body thing you're doing in the field, like, all alone. And, while I'm right, and when I see them doing that, I'm like, okay, well, I, I know that there is a purpose behind that, right? They're not just out there hopping for fun, right? And maybe, maybe they really like that, or they're training for a hopping contest, but they're still doing that, I know, because they're training for something specific, or, or gener- even generally for their body, they're doing that. There's a reason for it, and sometimes I've seen a trainer out there with them you know, keeping them going. Those are the people who want to spend the big money to hop well. So, um, <laughs> is that you? We're going to look at, 
over the next four weeks, we're going to look at four practices. And three of them, I'm sure, and the last one, I'm not sure what it's going to be. But uh, today, the one we're going to look at is knowing the word. So that's the first practice, knowing the word we're going to talk about. And then another one we're going to talk about is the practice of generosity or sharing our treasure. And what does that mean? What does that look like as a practice in the life of a follower of Christ? And then retreat in solitude. What does that look like? How does that work? And then a mysterious fourth one, which we haven't picked yet. So that'll be a little bit later. So there is a, uh, if you put that picture up there from the, yeah, this, that's actually, I have go-go gadget arms. I don't know if you knew that, but I can take selfies of myself, um, (laughs) even running. No, that's actually not my leg. Um, the reason, one of the phrases in the title of this message series is, is this for ordinary people. And if you're like me, like sometimes, and the reason I picked this picture is because there's been a few times where I've been out on a trail, and these, I'm describing some of you in here, but some people can run on a trail like an antelope. So smooth, and they flow, you know, and I'm like hobbling up this, you know, through the rocks, and they're like, you know, just, it's beautiful. It's like they're on wheels. I love seeing that. It's this gift that some people have that can... In, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. You've seen that, that thing. Well, I think I'm never going to be able to do that. I think it's awesome. I think it's beautiful. But that's not ever going to be my thing. However, I can be on the trail. and I can be engaged in the same thing and seeing the same things. I might not, just not do it the same way. And the reason we called this, we, we included this word ordinary people is because me and all of us, I think we're ordinary people. And sometimes we think, well, we see people who really seem to walk with God well, and we're like, that's awesome. <sighs> you know, I don't know. You know, it's the same thing. I see that girl or guy running by, I'm like, that's awesome. I, but I don't need to be discouraged. I'm an ordinary most of the people, and I'm trying to follow God. And I, like I said, I think that describes most of us. We want to follow him well and know him deeply. So we can't be discouraged because other people do it so well, and they're just so spiritual and so deep. Well, Believe me, God reached out to us when we were not spiritual and connected to him. And he loves us all the way through. And so wherever we are, these practices are things that we can do. And there's so many of them. The first one that we're going to talk about, I think, is uh, accessible to anyone. And anyone can do it well. And anyone can start at it. So that's the point of ordinary people and just a picture of something, for me, really impossible, not for some of you guys. Especially now. I can't run at all. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, but the question is, really, uh, will you follow? Will you practice? You know, we can come to church and sit and sing some songs when our people lead us, stand when we're supposed to, kind of do those spiritual things. But will we really follow? Will you really follow? Will you set a schedule, have a goal, have a plan? Have a coach, get someone to help you. Have some cheerleaders that cheer you on along the way. That's all available right in this room. And I don't think we would be here if we didn't care or want that. So uh, this idea of, of knowing the word. What I want to do is break it down into, into two parts. One is why. Why is that important? And a couple things under that. And then how do you do that? Like, okay, so, okay, I believe you, Scott. That's important. I, I understand how, how do I do it? What are the steps that I take? And so I want to put, pull out a couple of things within that too. So uh, we're going to look at Matthew 7, if you want to turn there, if you're using your actual paper Bible, which um, 
I almost, honestly, I almost never use a paper Bible, but we have a bunch. If you don't have one, they're free back there and certainly free uh, in an app or whatever. So why should we know the word? Why is it important to know the word? Well, here's the first reason. I'm going to give you two big reasons. The word is security. The word is security. In our, our world, if you, were to describe, if you were to say, hey, what kind of words describe the world that we live in? Insecurity and destabilization, fear, would be, would be words that would definitely come to the surface. They may not be the main words, but they would be key. In contrast to that, I think that there are probably, there's probably no one in here and no one in our town or even our country or world that wouldn't prefer to have peace, security, direction, confidence, a sense of a, a moral and structural foundation within us that we stand on rather than being tossed by the waves of whatever happens in our world. I, think that's, I truly think that's the thing that we want in the, in the scripture, the word of God, the Bible offers us that. So Jesus talks about it in Matthew 7. Uh, we'll start in 24. Everyone, I like that, everyone. When Jesus says everyone, he's got a pretty good idea what that includes. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does and hears them and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell and great was the fall of it. So why know the word? Well, because a storm is coming. I think we can all agree a storm is coming, one way or the other. And whether it's a physical storm or emotional, relational, financial, internal, you name it, a storm is coming. Jesus says a storm's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know where your mind is. We're, we're here. Oh, yeah, you got it, okay? <laughs> You're not a snow farmer anymore. You're not. You're free. You can just enjoy. So Jesus says, my words make you secure. Did you see that? A storm is coming, and my words are going to make you secure. See, no one is immune from the storms of life. I know some of you right now are, are counting up the list of the storms of life that you have dealt with in your life or are dealing with right now or know are coming. My words make you secure. And, and you know, Jesus doesn't say, hey, by the way, if you follow me, if you hear these words of, of mine, follow them, no storm's going to come. Okay, there are a lot of people that preach, and you'll see them. You, this is a problem in the church. They preach that when you know him, you're going to be wealthy and happy, and everything's going to go well. Well, I'm, I think we need to see what Jesus says. 
Not what man says. And Jesus says, storms are going to come, even ones that can waylay completely everything. They have that potential. Uh, I don't know if, if you're like me. When I picture this house that Jesus is describing, I, I picture a real like uh, third world house, like a one room, like mud brick or maybe rickety wall with thatched roof kind of a house. I don't know if that's because of like little storybooks that I've seen or read to my kids. You know, they have a little man in a little house, you know, waiting for the storm. Um, but I think some of the edifices that we build that we think are secure and secure for us are a lot more intricate and detailed and even beautiful and powerful than a little rickety house that's in my mind. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you picture it that way. If you don't, that's okay. But I don't know. Most of you probably saw this. These earthquakes that happened in Italy have been happening in central Italy. So I know I don't speak Italian at all, but there's a little town called Amatrice or Trice. Amatrice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Somebody does. <laughs> but that place is 100 miles from Rome or so. I'm in the mountains. And I was, I was blown away seeing this thing because looking at the picture, I don't know if you saw the pictures of this thing. This was back in, I think, August is when this, the big uh, earthquake came. And it knocked down all these places, killed hundreds of people in Italy. Okay, we're not talking a third world place, we're talking Italy. And what struck me was that some of the buildings that it destroyed were almost a thousand years old. Okay, we like to think of the United States as great and, and all that, and it is. But our oldest building, you know, is not even close. The oldest little place in Santa Fe doesn't even approach the age of this place. Actually, the one that I read about was a church destroyed, almost a thousand years old. Okay, this is, this is an important place in the middle of town, a structure that had been standing forever, and suddenly a storm came and destroyed it. We cannot think that we are impervious to things that can come our way. There's some tough people in here. You're independent people if you live at this end of the valley. If there's anything I've noticed, that is true. All of you, each one of us. You have an ability to live in a very a place that takes independence and strength. And so we think we are strong and we can handle it. We can walk it on our own. Jesus says, real security is not in you or not in, in your, what you have, but in my words. That's the foundation that will weather any storm, even your thousand-year-old beautiful edifice that everybody loves and, and goes to see. You know, when I think about it, uh, he, he says at the end, he says, the, the house that fell, great was its fall. And th- to me, that's kind of an easy choice. This is part of the reason why. We, what's the easier choice? To, to learn and know his word and be gr- seated and rooted and grounded in that? If given the choice, I would choose the word. So that's one reason to know. Another reason to know it, why should we know it, is that the word is Jesus. It is it is not just, there are words on a page, but these words on a page are describing and embody the Savior, the one. And so when we know the word, we know Jesus. So know the word and know Jesus. 
Look at John uh, 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the word. The word, capital W, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. He sacrificed himself. So this thing is the story of Jesus. And when we read it and learn it and know it, then we know him. Uh, when Claire and I were dating just a few years ago, <laughs> 20, well, 31 years ago when I met her, uh, we, we dated separately for six years. And I mean... that guy talking about? <laughs> she dated some dudes. I dated some girl. Um, no, we, we were in different towns for six years, except for just a short period of time together. And back in those days, there was no such thing as texting, Snapchat, pictures, you could send nothing like that. Uh, and so all we had was phone where we paid by the minute. Come on, minute payers. <laughs> yes. Minute and we could write letters. So we wrote a lot of letters. So I brought a little uh, illustration for you, mostly because I wanted to see them. But these are the letters that I wrote Claire um, here. I don't know. Obviously, I bought a set of stationery here <laughs> and burned through it. <laughs> Hope I'm not getting these out of order, baby. Sorry if I do. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here. There are a lot of words in these letters. Because I wrote down, you know, what I wanted. Okay, this one's like frozen in time. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> I like Claire a lot. <laughs> Um, this is good. So yeah, read it. <laughs> I started to, um, see the, these were, these are words on pages and that's great, but these words aren't what the Bible claims is the, the, those words are living and active and they transform lives and they're a foundation. These are great words, but they don't do that. There's a difference. These are helpful. These are great. These are encouraging. This is a memento. This is important. But when I know the word of God, I actually know Jesus. And that's why. I was, I was sitting with some friends uh, this week that were going through a hard time, really hard time. And uh, we were talking and they were sharing the struggle that they were going through. And I was like, Man, I, you know, I have some like human ideas of how to solve this. You know, here's what you could do. Here's your, here's something. But I just came back to, at the end, you know, the only thing in the midst of the storms of life that we can rely on is the Word of God. It's the one thing that isn't going to change and we can go to and depend on. And so that, that's where it ended in my mind. And as we prayed, we were praying that God would just speak to them through His Word. Because that Word is security. So, why should we know the Word of God? I'm trying to 
This is what I'm trying to tell you. These are a couple of reasons. But how do we know it? How do we go about doing that? Because I think that's a mystery to many of us, for sure. Uh, in the first way, I would suggest that you go about it, and I go about it, is that we listen. Listen to the Word. There's a difference between reading a letter, a book, and hearing something that someone says to you and actually listening to it. Ladies, I know that you know that there are times when you are saying something and your significant other is not listening. Now, I don't know how, this, I don't know how that happens, but I've discovered that some men are that way. <laughs> we, we have the ability, and we all do this, we have the ability to hear, read, even take in, but not actually to listen to what's being said. And that's the, the difference here that I want to encourage you with. When we go to the Word, how we do this is that we listen deeply to it. Remember uh, in the Peanuts cartoons, you know, I love how Charles Schultz describes how the kids listen to the adults. The adults are like, wah, 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 wah. Right? They just, he, he gets, this is the exact same thing that's happening where we know that the word is there, we, we know there's, but we just don't take it in. Um, but there's one step in listening about the Bible that goes more deeply than just to listen, and that is to believe. Listening and believing go together. Listening and believing go together. So when I wrote these letters to Claire, I wanted her not only to, to read them, but I wanted her to believe what was in them, right? I didn't write them and make stuff up. I wrote them because I wanted her to know where my heart was, who I was, what I felt about her, what was going on in my life. These are true things. I'm telling you, you can believe these things. This is the same thing with the Word of God. He's sharing with us things about Jesus through the Bible, the whole story of the reconciliation that Jesus makes possible. He, he is doing that so that we will know and believe that it is true. So listening and believing go together when we're talking about the Word of God. And when we do listen and believe, that's the point at which that transformation begins to happen and we begin to stand on that rock. When we hear, listen, all the way to listen and believe, that's when we begin to stand on that rock. So how do we do that? I want to give you just a few quick ideas. One is to put it into your head. So read it. Start to read it. Uh, and, and here's an idea about that. Start small. In our community group the other night, we were talking and uh, a couple of us were like, well, I tried to read, like, I was going to read something, I was going to read the whole Bible. Well, if you're, if you're starting out with the Bible, it's kind of tough to say, I'm going to read like this 6,000-page book, you know? It's tough. So let's pick something that's a little bit, read it, but read a part that you can get, you can really dig into and understand. So, you know, one suggestion would be just to get Matthew. Just read Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. Just start there and read it. Read it like three times. Just take your time, read it. And you begin to see the story of Jesus in that. Uh, another thing that is kind of critical to this is you, it's okay to write in your Bible. I don't know if you guys are okay with that, but I, some traditions you may have grown up in, you're like, oh, the Bible is like holy. There's one up here. It's like the holy one, the holy Bible. Only one guy can touch that. 
Okay, that's not biblical. When Jesus says, know the word, he means know, hold it, look at it, and read it, touch it. You can write in your Bible, write notes, so you can go back and check that out. Uh, another little tip is to, is to look at a version that makes sense to you. The easiest version to read in the world is the message. You can go get it on your phone right now, read it, read Matthew. It is so easy to read. It's, it's like totally written today, like, like a letter written to you. But go a little bit deeper, you can choose like we use up here, the ESV, English Standard Version. It's deeper, it's more accurate according to the Greek, it's, or NIV, NAS. Don't worry about all those initials, you can ask me, but read the Word. Just get involved in that. Uh, another thing you can do is, for those of you guys who want to you know, do the, the next level, is to memorize it. Choose something to memorize. So I actually... Um, so I'm not a very good studier. I've got all these uh, like physical illustrations today. So um, when I memorize what's in the Bible, I'll memorize a verse, but it's really hard for me. So I took a picture from this journal. Okay, I write really small. <laughs> um, and this is part of that, but the deal is, that, I don't know if you can see it, but there's some little tiny letters at the very top of the page. Well, that's because I can't remember what the first letter or first word of each line of this, this is something from Job that I was trying to memorize. And, uh, man, I can't even see that right now. Uh, so those little letters are just the first letter of each line of the poetry that's, so it's like, H-T-I-F-H, and so I would remember, okay, H-T-I-F-H, H-I, and then I would memorize those lines, four lines, five lines, six lines. And then I couldn't remember what the words were, so I'd draw a picture of what the words were. So that's, that's what those little people in springs and crud like that are. See the springs? Those are springs, like water springs. But you can't really draw a water spring. So, and then, I don't have this on the, but also, I'm so distracted. We're talking about ordinary people. I'm so distracted. Like, I'll be studying, praying, trying to talk to the Lord, and then suddenly, I'm like thinking about what kind of tires I'm going to put on my bike. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's just me. So, I would put a little mark at the bottom of the page when I went off cue, just, you know, oh, yeah, I want to do, you know, and I'd be like, okay, just to try to train myself to come back and spend time knowing the word. Anyway, this is just how I do it. You do it another way. It doesn't matter, but I just wanted to throw that out um, as an example. Memorize the word. And then one final thing. When you're studying and reading the word and, and internalizing, listening to it, be careful about what resources you use. I have a friend. Uh, well, she's an acquaintance. She actually, uh, she Googled um, how to get from here to Aspen. Okay, and so this was in the summer, fortunately, and of course it told her to go over uh, Devil's Punch Bowl, okay? So she did in her Suburban. This is soccer mom in flip-flops, okay? And she's driving down the side of Devil's Punch Bowl in her Suburban when she realizes I can't do this anymore and has to crawl out the window and walk back up Schofield Pass, right? Because she went to the wrong place to get her information, okay? You know, sometimes Google and the internet is awesome, but it's not always the best place to get your information about the Bible. So check up. She could have asked somebody. They could have said, oh, you can do that, you know, with your four-wheeler or giant rig, or you can take this route, and it's really great and beautiful, and you see the Aspens, right? 
She went the wrong way because she went to the wrong source. So find good sources that will help you understand the word and, and dig into it. So listen to it. Okay, one more thing. Uh, how do we know the word? Jesus says it in 7, 24, back in Matthew. He says, everyone who hears these words, and I'm expanding that to listen to these words, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. He, he who do, act on the words that you learn. Internalize the word. So like if I take a map and I'm going to go hike and I haven't been there before, or if I'm going somewhere I haven't been before, I want to take a map and like now I can GPS and mark it and walk the whole way, right? I'm going to, if I'm going somewhere, I'm going to stay on that path. So let that thing guide us. Let it act on the word because now you know and you can go in that direction. Jesus says, act on my words. I may have told you all this a while back. Uh, I can't remember now, maybe when I first got here, but there's this uh, speaker, his name's Francis Chan. He tells a story of, he said, you know, when we hear the word and we don't act on it, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, uh, say I, I told my kids, I want you to go and I want you to uh, clean your rooms and make them just beautiful, okay? Make up your beds, just put your stuff away, bring your lo- dirty laundry down. And then they said, they said okay, well, we'll go do that. Um, and then they came back to me later and they said, hey, dad, we went upstairs and we meditated on what you said. And we really liked it. <laughs> but we didn't clean up our rooms. And then, you know, later, whenever uh, they went upstairs and they came back and they said, uh, Dad, you're not going to believe this, but we studied what you said in the Greek and Hebrew. We really dug in. We really learned a lot. We were excited about it, but we didn't. We didn't do anything. We just learned about it. And then uh, he said, um, uh, they, uh, they came down and they said, oh, Dad, guess what? We invited some people over. We went up in our rooms and we talked about what you said. And we were so excited, all of us. But we didn't, we didn't clean up our rooms yet. Okay, now we're laughing because we know, number one, we've all experienced that <laughs> at some level or been that kid. Um, or maybe still are that kid, I don't know. Uh, but we can talk about it, learn it, whatever. But when we don't do it, it doesn't really make any sense. So the, the, the Word of God, Jesus within us is transformational. It changes us. The more we put in, the more we're changed over time. This is what He does. This is what He does within us through the Spirit. These are transformative. This is a transformative practice for ordinary people, just to know the Word. And I'll, uh, I'll close with just this uh, thought. My, my friend, uh, Sean Kelly, he's a builder here in town, and He's telling me about some houses that he built over on uh, Butte. And Butte, if you know, is a uh, kind of a sinkhole. It just sits on, the, on water out there. And he said the way that they deal with that, so they build a house on a foundation, is they have these, thing called, these things called micropiles. And so you builder guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And they drill this hole, and the hole can be as much as 100 feet deep or more. That's really deep around here, okay? 100 feet. Is that 10 stories or something? Down. And they put multiple micropiles down there so they actually get to the rock 
that's underneath the marshland that's out here. And so then the house is built. And the reason that they do that is because they learned that if they just built the house on the mud, it's going to fall over, right? Now, when somebody comes up and says, hey, tell me about your house. Where do you live? What does it look, you know, describe it. You don't automatically go and, and describe your micro piles or what it, your foundation. Nobody starts there. They're like, oh yeah, it's got the, you know, right? But what's the most important part of the house? How does it sustain, even weather, all kinds of things. The most important part is the foundation, the rock that it's built on. And sometimes you've got to really work hard to put the foundation onto, to connect your foundation to the rock. It's hard. It's not easy to do. It takes practice. You have to actually go out in the field. People are going to look at you funny because you're jumping. You're doing something that gets you to another level and you know it's worth it. It's worth it to put the foundation down. If you don't, the house will fall apart. So, know the word of God. I'm going to pray. Lord, we, uh, we're so thankful that we have the word that when we go through the tough times, we can rely on it. Thank you for being truth, and thank you that it is a love story, a love letter to all of us. Love letter to our town, a love letter to lost people, a love letter to people who um, just believe all kinds of things. It's your love letter. and God, I pray we would know it. We would listen to it would change us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, have a great afternoon. We'll see you later.